our $100,000 worth of soap is sitting there just rotting, you know, and, and now I've got about two years to sell it, but they're not doing anything. As much as we explain to them that we are a real brand, here is our trademark, here is our, they're not doing anything and it's killing us. Hey everybody, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the changing dynamic for Western brands on Amazon. Uh, also, uh, the FTC's recent fine of six hundred thousand dollars against the brand combining reviewers uh reviews with variations that's going to be very interesting if uh, second uh if amazon uh has really become a to uh, a, a pay-to-play platform and current supply and shipping issues welcome to another lunch with norm the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right, so we are going to be all over the map today. I'm sure we're going to be going down a bunch of different rabbit holes, but topic is the changing dynamic for Western brands on Amazon. Now, this is interesting because you've always heard the expression, birds of a feather flock together. Well, this is so true when it comes to my, my guest today. Um, Ritu Java and my guest, who is her partner, Bernie Thompson, are both just really nice people and very intelligent people as well. So uh, when I when I hear that expression, I, you know, I think of what they're doing and how they formed a partnership together because they are just good people and intelligent. Anyways, our guest is an American entrepreneur and he had found him, he is the founder of Pluggable Technologies. He started it in 2009 in Redmond, Washington, with a focus on creating high quality computer peripherals that are affordable and easy to use. He's the co-founder of PPC Ninja with uh, Ritu Java. Um, and uh, let's start, let's hook that back just a bit. The advertising agency and software automation provider and author of the book, Flywheels and Feedback Loops, A Guide to Success for Amazon Sellers. My guest, first time guest, uh, Bernie Thompson, and I can't wait to talk to him, but let's have a word from the sponsor. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, Get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F. S-C-H-I-C-K dot com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome, Bernie. 
Hey, Norm. It's so great to be uh, on with you. And, you know, thanks for everything you've been doing these last few years with getting great content and great education out. I mean, this is, you know, we're going to talk today kind of about the state of play for Western brands, but, you know, Amazon is, um, you know, this huge opportunity. Uh, E-commerce is this huge opportunity, but it's also tough. So the kind of education you're doing, you know, through this show and other things really helps people. So I just want to start with that. Thank you, Norm. Well, thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, um, it's sometimes challenging, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it also helps me. So, um, you know, being able to provide all this content um, allows me to keep on top of things myself. So, you know, with my brand, uh, which is kind of cool. Now it's just applying, you know, what's, what's funny, Bernie, is uh, you get all this information at the end of every podcast and there's some people that you just have, well, oh, there's 10 nuggets there. How do I apply it? And I fall into the same thing that a lot of Amazon sellers fall into is um, making sure that you apply. Because if you don't take action, all you're doing is saying, wow, that's good, good information, but you don't get anything out of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I've been at this since 2009. And in 2009, I, um, you know, I, I kind of had this question of, could I build a better device company? And I, I didn't know it would have such a close association with this kind of rise of Amazon. But as it turns out, starting in 2009, that kind of naturally happened. But gosh, as I look back, you know, I, I look at all the different things that were happening and kind of the things I chose to focus on and the things I didn't choose to focus on because there's always too much. And, and I, you know, I can see all these missed opportunities. Uh, there's a bunch of things I did right too. Um, you know, we've actually, you know, I mean, I, the, the brand uh, that I run, I'm very excited to, you know, do the uh, do the norm deals with the with these is you know, pluggable technologies, which is a you know one of the largest global electronics brands for USB products. And you know, we've grown every year for 14 years, but you know, within that are a lot of mistakes um, in addition to some good decisions. And that we, we talk about that being paying your Amazon tax. Nobody gets it. Well, there's very, very few people that get it right the first time. I, I know I'm still learning every time there's a launch. Oh, what could we have done better? And you know what's funny? You talk about, you know, uh, did I take the right path? When I first got into Amazon, I, I don't think I've ever shared this story. But um, uh, I thought, okay, let's get into beauty products. Let's get into soap. Um, my major mistake, my first major mistake was not understanding the marketplace as well as I should have, and it was price point. So I launched with a $10 soap, and it took a while before I started to say, oh, well, maybe I'll make it a three-pack rather than a one-pack. But they put me into, uh, what was it called, add-ons. So people weren't even able to add it on to their cart. And uh, so that was number one. But number two was I my my buddy who actually introduced me into Amazon, uh, Rizla Khani, he said, um, oh, let's partner up. Let's do this essential oil. And so I said, oh, you know what? Why don't we do that? I'll do my thing. You do your thing. And within months, he was doing like $250,000 a month in essential oils. And I was still struggling with these $10 bars of soap. I was selling a lot of them, but I was making no money. And it was like one of those... Oh man, Riz, can I come in and you know? No, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and there's so much great information out there. Podcasts like yours, and um, you know, I 
it's getting a bit old now, but I, I wrote a book on how to succeed on Amazon called Flywheels and Feedback Loops. It was written around 2016. So about half of it's still relevant, about half probably isn't. But, you know, there's lots of great information out there. But in the end, the, you know, the, the, the Amazon game, since it's so competitive, changes so much every year that, you know, whether you started when I did in 2009 or starting now, you have to have this kind of mindset of um, failing fast, learning fast, trying things. I mean, I mean, basically, that's what we talk about all day long is what's our next test that we're going uh, right. to run to figure out, you know, what's working today. Um, and it, so everybody's in that same boat. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, again, going back to that initial comment is there's a lot of things that happen here. You've got to pick and choose what you want to have. And just like going to a conference, like if you hear 10 different action items uh, or uh, items that. Uh, you like a couple of nuggets. You have to pick and be selective because you can't do everything. So if you, let's say we're talking about wholesale or if we're talking about drop shipping or if we're talking about whatever it is, um, maybe it's PPC. Ritu comes on and drops a ton of knowledge. What piece do I at least take something and take action on? Maybe it's nothing, the whole podcast. And that's fine. This show is just giving options to, to people. But um, anyways, I have, there's a, there was an article out and you mentioned this and I want to talk about this. And that goes back to my initial, the first thing that we were talking about today. So what's happening with the FTC's recent fine of 600,000 against the supplement brand combining reviews and variations. Now, this is very interesting. So if you haven't heard about it, um, guys, this is very interesting what happened. Yeah, it's, it's kind of big news and, and frankly, a little bit scary news. I mean, we, you know, we were talking about trying things. Well, one of the things you do is you look at what your competitors are doing on Amazon and you look at what Amazon themselves uh, do with their own products. And then you, you model yourself after that. Well, one of the things that has been extremely common on Amazon, including with Amazon Basics and other Amazon exclusive brands, is that when you're launching a new product and it is even remotely similar to some other products you have already that are very successful, that you put them in what's called a variation relationship, a parent-child parent relationship. Amazon's system then uh, will show that, uh, that ASIN detail page for any of those children as one page with one combined set of reviews. And so it's extremely powerful for new product launches, a huge leg up, uh, you know, being able to launch a product with, you know, combined with, you know, one or two other products with a thousand reviews versus launching a product with no reviews, no social proof. So, you know, like th this has been going on since we started, like in 2009, when I figured out how, you know, what variations were and what Amazon was trying to do there. And I forgot even if they had any guidance at the time. You know, I thought, OK, well, if any of our products are close enough that, you know, really the, the product, the customer experience is going to be the same between the products. It's the same technology. It, we're, we're electronic. So same compatibility, all of that. Then a variation relationship makes sense. And then so I was following this kind of very conservative kind of in the interest of the customer strategy with variations. And then around 2011, Amazon Basics did a big line expansion in my area. Uh, a bunch, basically, a bunch of products where, where we were category leaders, Amazon Basics was launching new products there. And guess what they do? 
total apples and oranges, these USB hubs that have nothing to do with each other. They're all USB hubs, but totally different technology, totally different chipsets, to, you know, very different customer experiences. They throw them all in a variation relationship because they know, Amazon knows, that this is a huge advantage to launch. And I'm like, what do I do as a brand now? Because, you know, I'm trying to follow the strategy that's in the interest of the customer. And then my, you know, this marketplace that I compete on, the standard they set is this standard of, well, you know, push the limits to, you know, to get these um, reviews. So that's, that's 10 years ago. What happened last week? Well, for the first time, the FTC fined a company, as you said, a, a supplements company, $600,000 for doing this exact thing, which by the way is, you know, all over Amazon. I mean, if you basically look around on Amazon, you can find lots of products and variation relationships that uh, shouldn't be, you know, that, that are, you're, there's, if you really look at it from the customer perspective, the customer's being deceived by these products being, their, their reviews being grouped together. Um, so, you know, it, it raises a, a bunch of tough issues for brands. So, so first off, you know, well, what do I do if I'm somebody who's aggressively using variations? You know, for us, we, we, we still don't aggressively use variations. I can tell you, you know, kind of some reasons why things that happened over the years. Um, but, uh, you know, there, th it's a pretty prevalent tactic. And then what about Amazon? Why did the FTC go after some little company with a gigantic fine for that little company? And if you go read the FTC uh, complaint, how did this, this uh, supplements brand get these products in a variation relationship? They, they asked Amazon to do it through, their, through the uh, vendor category manager. So it wasn't even that the brand had the power to put it in a variation relationship or, or did it on their own without Amazon's approval. Amazon actually is the one who put these products in a variation relationship, but it was the small company who got the $600,000 fine. So two troubling aspects here. You know, one is Amazon does it themselves. Number two, Amazon was in control here, but it was the small company who got the fine. And then the third troubling aspect is, okay, so it's very easy for the FTC to go after and fine a U.S. company. But at this point, over 60% of the large sellers on Amazon are uh, Chinese brands. And there's another chunk of percentage that are other foreign brands. Are they reachable by the FTC? Is the, is the FTC with equal vigor going after non-US companies? Um, you know, and so, so it's a very interesting case, something every seller should pay attention to because it could affect them, especially if, you, if you're using variations. But the what to do about it is very confusing and uh, potentially troubling. That, uh... That's pretty scary. <laughs> you know, uh, this reminds me uh, when the sub a supplement company about two years ago, do you remember this? Um, they were giving a bottle away through an insert and they got fined roughly around the same amount, wasn't it? I think it was around 600 grand because if you give away a free product, I forget what the ruling was, but uh, you're just you're, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, it was that incentivizing. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Incentivized reviews. Yeah. From them. Yeah. So, how many people that are listening right now? I mean, don't put it in the chat. But you know, how many people that are listening right now give away a product or give away something 
um, to you know get the to get more brand exposure, to get that email address. It's something that you really have to consider. And this ruling that just happened last week, wow, because it, this is a strategy that's being taught to us. That's the scary part. And so where does that go? Does that go to the teacher who taught? You know, and we don't know that, you know. So anyways, it's it's something that we really do have to take a look at, make sure that we're not doing. And if you're doing what what happened here, I'd probably take a second look. Uh, now, they went after a big supplement company. Are they going to go after a small person? Well, that's big supplement company compared to Amazon is probably the same thing compared to me to that big supplement company. So will they go after you? I don't know. But, you know, why why expose yourself? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, one of the outcomes I hope out of this is that Amazon will set a better example. I mean, one of yeah. the odd things about Amazon is Amazon is a decentralized organization who metrics their employees on achieving their goals. And they actually leave a lot of latitude, you know, whether it's those, those um, you know, vendor, uh, you know, uh, category managers who are, who are putting products in variation relationships because they know that it helps them uh, get new products off the ground. Uh, sometimes Amazon Basics, and, and like in this case, they'll do it for other brands too at times. Um, or whether it's the way they're decentralized around the world, where those the you know five or six years ago those Chinese brands in China were actually having Amazon employees, uh, account managers in China, teaching them black hat tactics, uh, basically getting them off the ground five or six years ago. A few years later, they really started backing off of that, and you know the, there was there was kind of a progression where you know today i don't think that's happening so much but but it's hard to know because amazon's so decentralized um that um you know they and they they don't uh they don't whereas with uh sellers they're more and more trying to set clear policies but they they it's coming from a pretty bad base of where they are not very clear about what's allowed and what's not. And then you add in this thing, like they're not setting the same example as the rules that they're setting for sellers. And pretty soon everything becomes this kind of, you know, difficult situation for companies like us to figure out what to do to compete and survive and yet stay, you know, stay on the right side of the rules and also stay right by the customer. I mean, the, you know, these things that cross the line into hurting customers, they should be easy. Um, but unfortunately, you know, like in this case, they're hard. So for any of the uh, listeners, have you thought about where Amazon has not leveled the playing field? Where do they take that advantage where we're not allowed to, um, we're not, we're, we're, we're not allowed to tread their treading. I'm just kind of curious if anybody has any other uh, experiences like that or seen anything. You got a package from Amazon Basics or any of their techniques that we're not allowed to do, but they're doing. I'm just kind of curious if anybody has any other uh, uh, any other topics or uh, issues. So anyways. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Bernie. 
Yeah, well, Claudia in the chat, you know, mentioned, you know, so let me, let me explain why we haven't been aggressive in, in uh, you know, using variations. Number one is we, we had what we thought were very good variations that were in the customer's interest. They were also in our interest because they were helping us, uh, you know, merge reviews. But we, were, we, we thought we had a, a customer-focused threshold for where we do that. But then a lot of those over the years kind of at random got broken by Amazon. And when you have products in a variation relationship and it's broken, you really have three ASINs involved, at least three, the parent and then at least two children, and you may have more. And what ends up happening when a variation relationship is broken is Amazon's metrics uh, behind, you know, uh, that they keep track of with those ASINs get confused or lost a lot in, in our experience. You know, it, it may like that the child gets broken, one child gets broken off from the parent child. And so then none of the history, the metrics history that Amazon relies on for the flywheel kind of leaves with that child and then that product dies. Um, so that was one reason. And then the second reason is the reason Claudia mentions in her comment, which is, you know, there's some advantage if you believe that you've got the, the oomph, uh, you know, to, to launch multiple products and get them, you know, the, the reviews they need and the proper attention. Um, you know, the, it, you can take up more space in search by having several strong products uh, rather than just a single product that's in a very, or well, having all your products in a variation relationship that shows up once in search. So um, it was interesting in this FTC complaint, one of the reasons why that this um, uh, supplements brand said that they um, ended up asking Amazon to put these products in a variation relationship was, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic, and there was a gap where Vine wasn't running, um, and then some other program also wasn't running. So all, so like Vine is an important strategy and technique to get products off the ground, to get that initial social proof. And in the absence of Vine, they really, they felt like they could not make these products successful. And so they, they got a little desperate. Um, uh, but, uh, but I agree with Claudia that, and this is what we've been doing is, is really, you know, just investing in each product launch, knowing that we're going to start at zero and, and build from there. But if we can do it, um, we've got more products taking up more space for the keywords that our products are relevant for. You know, I, I can tell you uh, a horror story that's happening real time, real life. And this is one of my products. Um, we went, we did everything by the rules. Okay. So all white hat and we, this is for my soap products. We launched a new brand, a new look. We hired a documentary film guy to that was traveling from Alaska all the way down to Buenos Aires. And he was taking like all pictures with all these influencers. We spent well, well into a hundred thousand bucks for this new line and get it onto Amazon. There was an issue. Then there was another issue. But then when it came to brand registry and we made sure that all the claims were proper, everything like for IP was correct. Amazon gave us the approval. And then we go to load the program and it comes up with a different brand. And we go back to them six months. I'm talking six months. So we had three months before, so third quarter we launched. We missed out on fourth quarter. Our $100,000 worth of soap is sitting there just rotting, you know, and, and now I've got about two years to sell it, but they're not doing anything. 
as much as we explain to them that we are a real brand, here is our trademark, here is our, they're not doing anything and it's killing us, you know? So uh, anyways, now we're focused on just e-com sales like off of Shopify, um, which I think we did a great job on, but our, our major sales were planned to be off of Amazon. Our repackaging, our three packs, our five packs, everything we did was to go off of Amazon. And Amazon's cost us probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost sales. And it's it's like, I can't do anything. And I have I have a supply or um, a support person. They can't do anything. We've gone right up the ladder. Nothing can happen. All you have to do is take a look. I own the brand. And I know that, you know, this is a bit going down that different rabbit hole, but man, they have to realize that we put as solo entrepreneurs a lot of money, time, uh, our hard-earned money that we might be taking out, I'm Canadian, but out of our 401k, and they're killing us. You can make money on Amazon, and there's no doubt. I wouldn't be doing this if we couldn't. But at the end of the day, they could kill you too. And I'm I'm just shocked at why they aren't taking more of a proactive approach to that small seller who's just doing this as not a side hustle, but they're trying to make it as part of their life. We're supporting, we're building, the small business guy person is building Amazon's business. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the, the report that came out about uh, – there was a not a report, but an article that came out. I forget who published it. That was saying that now, if you take out all the costs, it's really about fifty percent. Amazon is taking out of your pocket for each sale. Yep. Yeah, and it's because of uh, you know they've been there's a couple ticks up in the FBA costs uh, that have occurred here in the last two or three years as some of the underlying costs have increased. In our area, uh, a lot of products that were in 8% uh, category for Amazon commission fee have gone up to 15, uh, especially in the last year, a huge percentage of our products and electronics, uh, but it's not a level playing field. Some are still at eight, some are still at 15, even you know products that serve the same purpose. And then the biggie is advertising cost. Each year, uh, Amazon succeeds as the most competitive marketplace in the world at drawing in more advertising funds as, as we all have to try to you know, compete to, to drive the rank of our products. Yeah, and, and I don't know exactly what price point that study was done at, but I, certainly there's a cert, there's some price point. Uh, it used to be the most uh, the the sweet spot or the top of the bell curve for e-commerce was around twenty twenty five dollars. I think it might be a little higher now, but yeah, um, you know. And then your your situation, Norm. You know, I mean, just you know, one of the problems Amazon's going to face in the coming years is. Um, you know, there's already been a lot of trust violated over the years and Amazon's trying to do better. I mean, they're not totally tone deaf, uh, mm -hmm. but but in, you know, in like cases like yours, it's so frustrating, you know, that that this should be easy. And yet it's not. Why is that? And then the other thing that's frustrating is, you know, if you were uh, a Chinese brand sitting at a factory, you have a second choice that we don't have here, you know, kind of in the when we're importing the goods, if we're manuf if you're the manufacturer of the goods, okay, you hit this roadblock with Amazon. There's a choice you have. It may not be totally pain free, 
but you can basically rebrand your products, redo all you know the packaging and stuff, and go a different path with a different brand or something like that. Or in our area, electronics, there's a lot of things that come up where you know, the product gets unlucky with, with negative reviews. It ultimately would have been a four-star product, but the first few reviews come in one star, or mm-hmm. you have a, uh, you know, you have a technical issue and you need to rework the product in order to resolve the technical issue. Brands that are close to the factory, which for a lot of the products sold on Amazon are, are is made in China, um, they have a huge advantage because if anything goes wrong, whether it's an Amazon thing or a, or a product thing, they can the product's still sitting at the factory they can totally go a new path to work around that problem if they get into compliance trouble with the us they can just come back with a new identity that that looks totally different and new to amazon or to the ftc or whatever they're they're untraceable in terms of who they are as people and and which company Um, and so they they basically can always work around a problem Um, whereas as a as a western brand you know, you have a corporation that's here. When you, you know, get that initial factory order, uh, if it's imported, you've paid for all those goods. They're sitting here. They're no longer at the factory. You can't easily repackage, redirect, rework uh, those goods. So, so how this plays back into Amazon is Amazon's going to watch it because the percentage of, of uh, brands that are actually originating out of China have continued to grow each year. It, it took a little bit of a break during the pandemic, stayed a bit flat. But what we're seeing is now coming out of the pandemic, that percentage of Chinese brands is growing again. Um, the one study uh, that I saw was that it's 63% of the, of the large brands on Amazon are uh, uh, Chinese-based brands. And, and this is the 3P brands. And um, so, so they could hit a situation where that number just keeps going up. And, you know, and that's dangerous for Amazon to be so dependent on one country and the brands from one country that could eventually either hurt Amazon's reputation or in the case of a big geopolitical issue like China invading Taiwan could suddenly cause all of the selection and all the brands on Amazon to be, you know, to be affected by that event. Um, so I think Amazon should be thinking about people like you, Norman, and, you know, making sure to support you better because, you know, it's kind of a precious resource having these local companies run by small business owners. Um, and uh, when we kind of get run over by the machine, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, we, we may go to Shopify and not come back. And that may not matter to Amazon in, in today's financials, but in tomorrow's situation, that, that may actually come back to bite them. Yeah, and there'll be others coming up and nipping at Amazon's uh, heels. And one, for example, is shop uh, is uh, is Walmart. Walmart is doing an exceptional job right now, trying to get good brands to come on, giving them customer support people, uh, having an incredible interface, and probably the best help uh, desk or help service that I've seen. Uh, they have if you go to their uh, their YouTube channel, they've got tons of high quality, really good videos walking you through the service. Now, Amazon does have a seller university, but I think Walmart does does a better job. They even provide, if you go to help.walmart, I think it's help.walmart.com. I think that's the the, uh, address. If not, Kelsey will post it later, but uh, they have checklists. So what is your checklist for a great launch? 
they have listing optimization um, in the in the back. If you go to growth in your dashboard, you go to growth, and then you go um, into the, um, the the listings yourself. You'll see a score. You'll see how to get your a pro seller badge. You'll see how to optimize properly. They're doing a really good job. Um, I think it's better than what Amazon's doing. Plus, they have 5,500 stores out there that they're going to convert, and they have been converting over to these mini warehouses. Um, so I, uh, I'm really liking what I see uh, that's happening over there. And I know Walmart's growing their retail side of things too, or uh, Amazon is. I know you're, you're right. Amazon is trying. Remember Steve Simonson uh, when he uh, showed the, the Dear John letter? And yes. Dear John Lenners went into the, uh, he was telling me that they were they were actually in the uh, lunchroom of the employees at Amazon just saying why the seller wants to break up with them. I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was done with respect. And, you know, and, and I, I mean, I really respect Amazon. I mean, Amazon has really innovated. Like, like Walmart, one of the reasons I, I like what Walmart's been doing the last few years is basically they, they drop the ego and they're just trying to be a fast follower of Amazon, uh, doing the things Amazon have done well, and then also choosing some things to do better. Um, you know, as opposed to five or six years ago, Walmart was still kind of, resting on their laurels of, of being the dominant uh, physical retailer. Um, and they really were not having any impact on e-commerce and they, and, but they've got a long way to go. I mean, uh, there's only a few, like uh, the, I, I measure uh, kind of the impact of companies by how big their fulfillment network is. And they haven't turned on those micro fulfillment centers at all. That's been a, like a conversation, but it actually hasn't really happened. Um, you know, we, we were on Walmart and we were right in uh, f uh, Walmart uh, fulfillment uh, from the start. And they started with one warehouse and that was only, you know, like uh, three years ago or so. And, and they have a few more now, but um, it's a it's a different ball game with FBA where, where you've got a nationwide network of hundreds of warehouses. It's Amazon has, you know, five to 10 years and probably 50 billion dollar uh, investment ahead of where Walmart is right now on fulfillment. Um, but ho but Amazon can learn and Amazon is learning all the time and doing things better all the time. So, you know, I think it, it um, you know, it's it's good to have conversations like this, in my opinion, you know, to point out where Amazon needs to do better, because, in fact, Amazon often does take corrective action. Very good point. Okay, so uh, we've passed the bottom of the hour. Um, for any listener who's uh, uh, heard, of, like right from the top, we've been talking about uh, Amazon, some issues that we've been having with Amazon, not slamming them, but just here's some issues. It's a love-hate relationship. It really is. For me, it really is. It's a love-hate relationship, but it also makes me money. So, you know, if you're persistent, if you're resilient, uh, and I think resilience is probably the number one factor. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to have that, uh, you know, that piece. If you're not resilient, you might as well get out right now. Um, but if you are resilient, it could be very beneficial to you. Like, look at um, look at Kevin King. Look at Kevin and Steve had uh, Germ Shark, and they came up with 
it, it was a major issue. They lost a lot of money. Like I can say this because he's come on the podcast and he and he said this, but they lost a million dollars in product. And it was no issue with the product. It was all great product. There was everything else that came into play. And he had another um, losing product when um, he had a licensing issue that got stuck up in Chicago for seven months or something. But is he still in the game? Absolutely. So anyways, he plays with a lot more money than most of us in the in the Amazon world. But uh, my point is he hasn't given up. And uh, so he still sees, even with those big losses, uh, ways to make money on Amazon. So uh, again, at the end of the, we're at the bottom of the hour, uh, actually way past the bottom of the hour because of my long windedness. Um, but if you do have any comments or questions, please place them. Uh, also, we have a giveaway today. It's an awesome giveaway. Uh, Bernie, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, you know, so, you know, I, I said we've my brand has grown for 14 years straight. And part of the reason why is we were on Amazon advertising right from the beginning, uh, 2014. Um, and it, it became so important to the success of our business, especially as kind of a white hat brand. Advertising is in, and out external PR, which Norm knows a lot about, are really our two main tools that we have to use. So we um, you know, spun out uh, our internal advertising effort and we're fortunate to get the industry thought leader, Ritu Java, as, our, as the CEO running the, the company. And uh, so we provide both services and software helping other brands. We're directly helping about 20 to 30 uh, other brands with the services company. And then with our software, it's just over 100 brands, uh, some of which are very big and, and, and agencies. So it's over 600 selling or advertising accounts with the software. So what we're, um, what we're giving away today is actually a free PPC audit from PPC Ninja. And you know, what I will say about this is you, you wanna actually, um, there's a lot of agencies out there competing for your business and you actually wanna take them up when you get this chance uh, for things like a free audit because you it, it, ignore the pressure you might get to join as a client of that agency. It really helps you to see different people's perspective on your ad, ad account and your ad spending and suggestions on where you can do better. And I know that ours coming from PPC Ninja are very deep and insightful. We've got tools that we run over the account and, and usually turn up some really good insights of what you can do better. And so we're offering a free audit today. And it's so important. And some people, they might say, oh, I'm too small, you know, but you're not. Uh, and with these experts, like Ritu is just an incredible wealth of knowledge. Uh, you know, and if you were able to work with a company like this to be able to have an audit, uh, it's, it is priceless because you'll be able to get things that you've never even thought of. Anyways, if you're interested, I already see some coming in. It's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people and you'll get a second entry. So I see Andrew, just tag a couple of people. And is there um, Rogario? I hope I said your name right. If if you're new to the uh, podcast, it's just tag two people and you'll get a second entry. So uh, it'll improve your chances. Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, Kelsey. Hit the button. Let's have a word from our sponsor. Launching products isn't like it used to be. To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. 
driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebate and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit Rebate.com today and get started with your 14-day free trial. Bernie, shall we talk about if Amazon is just a pay-to-play ads platform now? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, with the increasing amount of advertising that is really important to launch a product. And then some of the other interesting things that people are finding. I'll tell you one of the most interesting things that I've seen the last few months is um, people are exploring the, the cost of advertising has gone up so much on Amazon. CPCs have gone up. Competition has gone up. There's there's very few unfilled niches that uh, people have been doing some experiments of what happens if I turn advertising off. And um, so so the so we're getting a lot of interesting kind of studies out there if you if you're involved with all the forums and and you're in some masterminds of what works with advertising and and the short summary of it is that um and it's hard to do a short summary but is if you do any search on amazon you know that most of the placements are paid placements and it's so much so that as a consumer you know you, you can't some sometimes consumers kind of ignore the ads and go for the content. Amazon is so filled with ads that you almost can't use that strategy. Um, and, and our evidence is the consumers don't. They click on those ads uh, that you put there. So in one sense, it's kind of this meritocracy of whoever's willing to spend money to get the product in front of people for a keyword. That's what customers are going to see when they search on Amazon. Um, but you know, how do you stay profitable when Amazon is the most competitive platform on the planet? And so that happens with the advertising too. the CPCs and costs keep going up. And so so generally, you know, what what I think most people really um, look at this closely and, and us with our agency with PPC Ninja would say is you, you've you've got to, you know, invest at launch. Uh, there's, you, and you got to go with all guns blazing. Um, everything that you can do to take that product, Amazon calls it, Amazon knows about this, they call it the cold start problem. Everything you can do to take that ASIN, that new product that has no momentum and get it up to where it gets its due, it gets its day in the sun to see whether, can, uh, you know, customers actually do like this feature set, this product at this price point. You've got to, invest in ads, it's gotta be an important part of it. So what we uh, do with PPC Ninja is we uh, kind of get the get a sense of, of how aggressive our client wants to be in investing. Sometimes we start at maybe a, a, a conservative A cost, like 80%, sometimes a very aggressive customer who has bold, bold plans, will even do 100, 200% A cost. And then we have a plan to bring that ACOS down to profitability over about a four month period. So you have a, basically a four month period of investment where you know 
that you're going to be spending more on ads than you're getting back uh, in terms of profits on those same sales. And, you know, and that's tough. I mean, that's basically something that you've got to now put in your business plan uh, for product launches uh, if you're going to be successful. And we, and we find that almost every category in Amazon, unless you find a really nice niche, you're going to have to do that kind of investment in ads. But then on the other side of it, once a product is successful, there are situations where you want to shift into kind of pure a pure profitability mindset. If you're able to get a product to be in the first few positions for a keyword, um, at that point, there's actually some negatives to throwing additional audience uh, to your product for that keyword. And so you actually want to really scale back advertising uh, once you've successfully gotten a product to rank high on a keyword. Now, that's easy to say and tough to do because everything's dynamic on Amazon. You could be you know, well ranked today and then tomorrow you know, the, the animal spirits of the Amazon market or a competitor, you know, shifts you down. So, and that's why software automation, like we do with PPC Ninja, and there's a number of other great software out there, kind of the top of the industry right now, expensive, but very good is, is uh, software called PackView. Um, that kind of software automation is really important um, for executing these kinds of advertising strategies. But in the end, yep, Amazon's pay to play. What do you think about uh, brand defense? I hear about it a lot. I know we uh, take part in that. Um, it can be expensive uh, depending on your brand. Well, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, brand defense is necessary um, because if you do no brand defense whatsoever, Amazon is basically going to take your customers with clear intent to buy your brand. Uh, uh, do, you, do you reveal your brand on the show, Norm? Yeah, so uh, Soap Club's one of them. Uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot with uh, the pet category, so a pause another. Okay, so yeah, so they'll they'll search on Soap Club with a clear intent to buy your product, and if you're doing no brand defense ads, what the customer is going to see is a whole bunch of other brands from your competitors, other kinds of soap. Before finally, when they get finally down to those organic positions, which by the way, on most normal screens are. A, kind of below the fold, you got to scroll to see the first organic listings. Finally, now they see Soap Club. So the good thing about uh, the way Amazon's algorithm works is they do actually reward you for high conversion rate. And if, if somebody's searching on Soap Club, they're gonna, it's going to be a high converting thing for your brand. And that means that Amazon's going to, if you do at least a little bit of bidding, um, you're going to win those placements, those ad placements on the page at much lower bids than your competitors are. And you're going to get a better rotation of impressions also. Um, so uh, our belief about brand defense is you must do it. Now, at exactly what level is, you know, is still um, probably varies a bit brand to brand and, and how much your competitors are, are kind of uh, trying to intercept your customers and other things. Uh, for my own brand, we run our brand ads right now at about half the ACoS uh, that we run um, the, the, the average of our other uh, ads. And we're wondering whether that's too high. Uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're actually testing some lower points than that um, to see if we could still get the same amount of brand benefit in, in defending our brand. Kind of curious, I, I know almost everybody um, that I can see in the comments, I know their brands. 
Are, are you running brand defense? Just uh, if you are, or if you're not, uh, just let us know. I'm cu just curious about it. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't know too much about it, let me know. We'll discuss it more in the Facebook group. Um, all right, we've. I can't believe. You know what? It's almost the top of the hour. I love talking to you, Norm. Uh, and and vice versa. But I can't believe it's an hour. You know, you know, it just seems like we we just started. But um, I guess let's get into some of these questions. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the questions. So let's get into some of these. And uh, uh, Kelsey, if you could read it for the old guy, because I can't. Yeah, for sure. So uh, don't forget to enter our Wheel of Kelsey, too. That is hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Just type that into the comment sections, and uh, you'll be entered to win a PPC Ninja uh, PPC account audit. So uh, we'll be spinning the wheel in about 10 minutes from now. So make sure you get yourself uh, in there. Hey, and, Kelsey, uh, yeah. before you show the first question, I mean, you can keep it up there. It's not a big deal. Oh, but uh, I just saw something that uh, Simon said about uh, uh, Andrew Smith. If yes, you want to yes. see a really well-done influencer program, check out Twilight, uh, uh, Twilight Action. They're all glow-in-the-dark, basketballs, footballs. First, right, right there. there they all are right. first of all extremely high quality. What the what the guy has done is, and I think this is really great. And uh, I should actually I should report, record this right now for the shoppable video. But um, anyways, he made it so simple. Packaging comes in, it's beautifully packaged. I open it up, and I'm thinking, and actually my wife, because I knew the product was coming, I said, go out to the store, get me an air pump, and get me one of those inserts. Well, it already had it in the package and then a second set of batteries so i don't have to think so everything was there he made it nice and simple but the quality of that product that he has is incredible it's very very good i mean if he's not paying me for any of this i'm just saying i saw this product and if you are interested in doing something that solves a problem playing basketball, playing football, throwing a ball at dusk with your kids. This is an this is a beautiful package. And at the end of the day, what did he do? He's got a great brand, so brand quality, great packaging, the quality's good, and the overall customer experience is everything that this show is trying to bring across about people. So anyways, I just wanted to give two thumbs up to uh to Andrew uh with his uh his line. All right, and uh, let me just uh, go to and a that's twenty five dollars, Andrew. <laughs> from uh, Luke about brand defense, uh, Luke was saying uh, he hasn't been and he doesn't know much about it. So uh, maybe that's something that uh, we can jump into because I know we mentioned brand defense, but um, we don't really we haven't had a topic uh, a day dedicated to it. So that might be a good thing to dive into. Yeah, I mean, just real quick, what brand defense is, is, you know, splitting out uh, your ad campaigns into ones that are targeting, you know, branded keywords or, or product keywords versus all the rest of yours so that you can bid differently, actually bid lower. Um, and in order to do, it's tricky to do that because with any kind of um, auto campaign or broad campaign, Amazon's going to want to actually uh, charge you your full CPC to show ads to people who searched on your brand. 
And so you've got to use a little bit of negation and a lot of specific ad creation in order to create a well-structured brand defense campaign structure uh, where you're kind of minimizing your spend and maximizing the amount of the screen. Essentially, what you're trying to do is maximize the amount of the screen real estate on Amazon that your product is taking up when people are searching for your product. Um, and that's the goal of brand defense. All right. Okay. So let's jump into some of these questions uh, from Luke. Uh, would launching a product that is an accessory to another product, uh, I already offer both, uh, be worth putting as a child product? So, so this is, you know, what in theory, that's not the right use for a variation. Do people do that? Absolutely. It happens all the time. Um, Amazon does actually have a new mechanism um, for appropriately doing that. Uh, it does require that you have a strategic uh, account manager or be in, uh, managed by strategic account services. And I realize that, you know, kind of locks out uh, a lot of the a lot of people here. So the uh, the program is called, let me make sure I get this right. So basically below the buy box, there's an add an accessory area. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that on any of your ASINs. You can actually, if you're in SAS, strategic account, you can actually request to have your products be added there in that area. Um, in order to, you know, basically promote some of uh, you, your accessories along with the products that they are accessories of. The program is called Anything in Buy Box, ABB. Um, so if you kind of ask around about that, maybe, you know, who knows, if you're not in uh, strategic account services, try submitting a ticket and, um, and say, you know, hey, I, I, I have this accessory for another product. I'd like to get this in Anything in Buy Box. It's kind of an odd name for the thing. But um, again, it, it's it's the, that box that you see that appears below the buy box of one product that is promoting some accessories that are related products. Very good. So Kels, if you can put that program into the notes, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, uh, next one is from Andrew. This is just a comment. Thanks, Norm. The check is in the mail. It's been a bloody hard slog, but you are correct about being resilient. Three-week skiing with my kids was my reward. Um, so great. Very good. And, and by the way, um, if you want to see some really great use of um, influencers, check out uh, the Twilight Action. They've got some beautiful, really beautiful uh, um, influencers working with them, like really great uh, recordings. See, I didn't say videotape, Bernie. <laughs> All right. So our next uh, comment is from Claudia. The from our brands at the top of the search page is an unfair advantage that Amazon has. We have to pay to be in the first spot unless we get organic ranking and Amazon just puts their product in the first position. It's BS. Yeah, uh, Claudia is just simply right. You know, Amazon is a marketplace that has its own first party products. It has pref preferred products where that that uh, from brands that are Amazon exclusive, which, by the way, more and more are just the same Chinese factory launching a few brands to be Chinese or to be Amazon exclusive brands. Anyways, they they give, um, you know, their own brands and these brands, you know, this uh, placement. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think whether kind of forced by the European Union and the FTC or on their own, you know, Amazon needs to kind of 
somehow find a way to get it in their DNA to think about a level playing field and fairness. Uh, it's something that has not really been in Amazon's DNA. Amazon's about winning and about competition, uh, not about fairness isn't the first thing that comes to mind culturally about Amazon. But, uh, you know, because of their very important role, you know, in the global economy and especially the U.S. and Canadian economy, um, they get to pick market winners and losers. And, and they, you know, if, if they if they don't think about it, about fairness, uh, governments are going to start thinking about it for them. All right. Next okay. question. All right. Let's see. Uh, just another uh, comment from Simon. I recently put 100 ASINs into 10 variations. I now have 10 parent listings. My catalog looks very tidy. However, in the two months of completing this, my average daily sales are down 35%. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so what's happening there is if those uh, 100 products had a history, uh, had uh, their flywheels spinning, you know, as we would say, um, when they were put into the variation relationship, it changed the way Amazon looked at some of those metrics. I'm not 100% sure that it's kind of like a restart, uh, but uh, basically, you know, you, you had these children and now these children have a parent and the parent is an ASIN. If you go look at some of your detailed catalog reports, you'll see those parent ASINs. And Amazon, uh, kind of the metrics get kind of mingled between the parent and the children in that kind of case. And so you, you lost some of that history that you had built up. And so 35% though, you know, is not so bad. I mean, we've had worse things happen to us when we've either entered or broken relationships on um, mature products. And, and right now the market's a little soft, so there, you, you might have had a certain amount of uh, decrease anyway, um, but that's likely what happened. So what I would recommend is if you are uh, gonna do something like that, think of it almost as a new product launch. Try to take some of that mindset of throwing energy at the ASIN, getting traffic to it, building up its metrics. You're gonna to have to kind of re-enter an investment period with those products when you're, you know, kind of after you've changed their variation relationship to build back up those metrics for that new configuration of parent-child ASINs, um, you know, after the change. Uh, does PPC Ninja work with Walmart? We, we don't, we're focused on Amazon from the advertising side for on a service, as far as the software goes on the services side, we do have Walmart clients, um, okay. you know, and Walmart advertising is getting better fast. It was, it was not great uh, a year or two ago, uh, but they've been making leaps and bounds uh, in improvements in Walmart advertising. And it's, um, it's starting to get much more effective. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you saw the, well, you probably know about this, but uh, recently they've now allowed you to target uh, parent-child variations, which they weren't allowing you to do before. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, uh, so we got two more questions yep. uh, in our vaults uh, from Tony. Um, I always find the sponsored display ads of being on the competition uh, competitors page I always have the worst ACOS for these. Yeah, you know, because you you are trying to steal away. This person has uh, landed at one of your competitors. They they probably have some intent about that. They you know, they may have come in for a branded search on your competitor, and so you're trying to steal them away. And so, yep, your your conversion rate's going to be lower. Your ACOS is going to be higher. But if you do win them, you've literally 
stolen a customer from from one of your competitors and and so in a sense what the <clears throat> what the market of ads on Amazon is deciding is that that's worth some money for it to to steal uh, a customer and so what we do with that and <clears throat> what PPC Ninja does for our clients is we analyze the universe of competitors and we look for weak competitors competitors who have lower review ratings than you, competitors who have higher prices than you. And we focus our uh, sponsor product ASIN targeting on weak competitors where we think we can present those customers a better product opportunity. Um, so that doing that analysis that we do with PPC Ninja of who's weak and who's strong, avoiding the strong competitors, your, your ACOS will be very high with those and targeting the weak competitors is the best way to approach that. All right, so let me just see. Um, okay, another follow-up question from Simon. So should I not overreact and deconstruct all the variations? Are variations better than a lot of single ASINs? Yeah, so so the first part of the question, I totally agree. You know, that FTC ruling is scary, but do not overreact and deconstruct all your variations because it'll do too much damage uh, to the history. You'll probably almost certainly see a drop in sales if you do that. And we need to watch how the situation plays out. I mean, there is a little bit of a special situation here with supplements where the FTC is very sensitive to the fact that these are products that people ingest. The deception of customers in that kind of area has pretty severe consequences. So, I mean, one good thing about the FTC is I think they did go after a supplements company for a reason, and they might not have been as aggressive with some other kind of product. Um, and, and we need more guidance from Amazon, frankly. Like if Amazon suddenly started actually following those same rules themselves, and and then then you should think a lot harder as a third party. And then what was the second part of that question? Uh, sorry, Kelsey. Uh, okay, uh, it was, are variations better than a lot of single ASINs? So, so I would say it's all about, you know, how much strength you have to establish momentum. If, if your ability to invest, your ability to get outside attention, the strength of your brand is strong enough to get a bunch of ASINs all well-ranked, you're better off doing that. But if you don't have that strength, um, it, it can be better to kind of take a set of products under a vari variation relationship and kind of concentrate your investment in that so that it gets spread among those. And then of course, there's the whole reason why uh, if you look at that FTC, uh, you know, thing that everybody does these variations when you're combining old mature products that are that have high review ratings with newer products that have no reviews. That's its own thing. And, it, and it's very powerful, which is why people are including Amazon are so tempted to do it. All right. And from Chuck, having a seasonal product, uh, was it the right move to shut down all of my campaigns except a few keywords until the season picks back up? That's a great question. Um, I think generally, yes, although I don't like the shutting down totally. What I would say instead is to really reduce your bids um, because you know, number one is basically you, you want to keep your rank up. And so you and all of your competitors are going to have this gigantic drop in sales when that seasonal product isn't in season. But you want your product to be kind of the highest ranked among those weak products, because when you start heading into your high season, 
that flywheel effect, Amazon's going to be giving you, you know, more, more organic impressions and they're going to be giving you more ad impressions and lower CPCs if, if Amazon's algorithm sees you as the strongest, most relevant product. So, so the trick is, is, is to lower your bids to reduce your out of season costs. But pro I would say to not go down to zero and totally pause those campaigns. Alrighty, and our very last question from Simon. Uh, if I use my vendor account to edit my listings, will I lose contribution rates and not be able to edit in Seller Central? That is a great question, Simon. And as a, there's a saga behind that question. Um, so historically, the answer to that is emphatically yes. Uh, vendor contributions completely override everything that you do through Seller Central and 3P. Now, over the years, there's been actually literally internal battles between the 1P and 3P teams inside Amazon, where at some points in time, there have been some special programs in 3P for brand registered sellers, where the brand owner's contributions override the vendor contributions. Um, but my belief right now um, is that uh, a, um, Actually, you know, I'm actually not sure what the status is right now, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, but let me just say we as a brand registered seller are still finding cases where we are not able to get uh, our contributions to our own ASINs accepted. And in almost 100% of those cases, that is, well, in 100% in of those cases, that's either a vendor contribution or an Amazon's own like uh, seller support contribution. And and many times it's the vendor side. So um, I, I think the answer to this question is still a simple yes, despite the, uh, the brand registry programs that Amazon has that have tried to solve this and give brand owners control over their own products. But for some reason, they've never been able to pull it together. This, this kind of political battle inside Amazon between 1P and 3P, mm -hmm. the, the vendor managers and the vendor category managers, they, they seem to always win that battle politically. Okay, it looks like uh, Yanni's snuck in a question. All right, this will be the final question. Uh, what's the difference if the campaign budget is 0 0.01 and hard stopping the campaign? Yeah, very little. I mean, th that's about the same thing. Um, you know, Amazon will take that 0 0.01, multiply it by, I think, a month now at this point, and then try to spread your spend. So they'll try to spread 30 cents over a month, which won't even get you one click or, or one impression. So it's essentially the same thing. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, if, if, if you're relating that to the answer to the prior question, again, I, I wouldn't do that. I would focus on your bids. I would take your bids down, uh, maybe, maybe focus in on uh, your exact match, most relevant keywords. And even though it's not in season, I would still, um, you know, for those few, that trickle of customers for that out of season product, I would uh, fight a little bit for those customers because it's, it's basically like, you know, it's the pre-race where you're getting in pole position to, you know, once the real race starts, when the product goes in season, that, that you're at the front of the pack. Uh, and that still matters. Okay. That's it. No more questions. All right. So uh, this is the last chance. If you've just joined, uh, we've got a great giveaway today. Uh, just hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people and you will get a second entry. So uh, I guess before we go over to our sponsor, Bernie, how can people get a hold of PPC Ninja? 
Yeah, just go to ppcninja.com. We've got an easy contact form. Also, you can learn everything about the software and the services. Um, and we are fast to respond. We've got a global team of more than 15 people. We are forced to cover basically every time zone around the world. We'll get back to you quickly with, um, and, and of course with the software, you can just join. Uh, you don't need to get a hold of us to evaluate the software. And we do not ask for Seller Central credentials. We're easy to try. We only authenticate with the ad account, nothing else. Um, and, um, and then we're off to the races. Probably the most important question that's come in so far uh, is from Claudia. Um, uh, do you trim your beard to keep it the same length or do you still let it grow? Claudia, I trim my beard one fist at a time. Sometimes it goes a fist and a half. So you have to trim your beard uh, to make it grow. So yes, I try to keep it grow and I'm trying to go two fists longer and then I'm cutting it off. Or not cutting it off. I can't cut it off, but um, cutting it, uh, cutting it, saying that's it. That's you know that's it for the day. But um, it takes a long time. But uh, yes, you have to trim your beard. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, Bertie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kel By the way, Kelsey trim or shaved his off. I just noticed that. No, no, no. It's just uh, the it's lighting here. It's, it's still, I know it's hard to see, Norm. Not everyone can have a big beard like you. <laughs> but it's, I, it's, uh, I want StreamYard to have a beard filter. I, I'm really disappointed. Well, I would use that heavily. You, you can put that request in. <laughs> okay. So um, if you are interested in our giveaway today, hashtag Willa Kelsey, tag two people, and we'll get you a second entry. Uh, let's have a last word from our sponsor. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Jeff Schick Law, Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. Okay, Bernie, you've never seen this, the, uh, the wheel. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Turn your volume uh, down. All right, <laughs> here we go. It is the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Okay, oh, here we go. Right. Also, from Tony, I uh, says, "Happy Friday! Have an awesome weekend. Have a great weekend, too, Tony." And you too, Tony. And uh, let's see who this winner is. So let's shuffle this up. We do this every single podcast, so make sure you come back next time if you're not the winner. Uh, and please email me k at lunchwithnorm dot com. Oh, look it's at this, Simon, the hooligan! Congratulations, Simon. All right, Simon, uh, you know the drill. Email me k at lunchwithnorm.com and uh, I'll connect you with Bernie and the PPC Ninja team. And uh, thank you, everyone else who entered. Okay, fantastic. Well, Bernie, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was awesome talking with you. Oh, really fun to talk with you. I wish we, you know, we need a, a four hour lunch. Absolutely. Let's, let's break it into lunch, snacks, and dinner. Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> All right, sir. Well, I'm sure I'll bump into you at one of these trade shows coming up. But once again, lots of interesting conversation. I, I thank you for coming on. Have a great weekend, sir. And for everybody else, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully you learned something really interesting. I think these topics we're talking about today, uh, man, it, it's just so interesting to talk and learn about these subjects. Uh, but let's see, where is where is the BB? That's me. Okay, so uh, thank you everyone for tuning in uh, to the Lymph of Norm podcast today. And uh, make sure you come back. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern time. Uh, we had a great crowd today. Um, and yes, the wheel is not rigged. We finally let Simon one step near <laughs> 20, which uh, thank you, Simon. Appreciate it. Um, all right. So if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you like us. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you follow our Facebook page. That is actually where we're streaming from. So I know a bunch of you are in the group, but if you go to the Facebook page and like that, um, you'll get the updates when, when we go live and everything. So uh, make sure you do that. And also, if you enjoy um, commutes, listening to a podcast, make sure you download uh, Lunch with Norm. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can listen to us. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, we have a question from Chuck. Uh, will we be at Prosper? Well, hoping to. Um, and I'm, I'm sure PPC Ninja will be there. So yeah, and uh, Bernie's not yes, uh, so. ahead. So I think uh, PPC Ninja will be there too. So all right. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, make sure you check out the uh, PPC Ninja. Um, show some love to Bernie and the team over there. And, and uh, check out our sponsors, uh, help support us. Uh, links are in the description. And I think that's it from us. Very good. All right, everybody. Uh, join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Uh, let's see. The community. Today was an awesome show. Uh, we've got tons of engagement going on in our community right now in our group. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we love you guys. Uh, you just... The community is just an awesome group of people sharing knowledge. Uh, even before we can jump on the questions, we see a lot of people answering them. So if you want to be part of that community, it's Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and uh, Amazon FBA collective. Uh, we're growing uh, quite a bit. Uh, we, I think we have about 3,400 people in it right now, which is great. And if you ask a question, you will get an answer. And not necessarily from me, but there's so many experts in there. It's it's really great. I think, Kelsey, tell me if I'm wrong, but the group, 3,500 or 3,400 people, we've got over 75% engagement, which is incredible. All right. So that being said, we could never do this without you and without your support. We appreciate our community and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with the, lunch with the.